0: Please remain standing for the reading of God's Word, and we will be looking at Revelation 21, verses 5 and 6. We'll pray through the Spirit's guidance. Our Lord and our God, as we open your book of life, I just pray that you give us ears to hear what you'd want us to take away from this message today. I pray that you guard my lips. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation 21, starting in verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. You may be seated. You know, as we come to the close of another year, I think it's imperative that we, as believers, focus on the big picture of who we are in Christ. It tells us we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, the people of God for His own possession. You know, God made us new. He said, behold, I am making all things new. You are a new creation. The old things should continually be passing away. That sanctifying working of the Holy Spirit, again... It continues each minute, each hour, each day, each year. And we should strive to do whatever we can to move that along as fast as we can. Our God is a true God, and when He says that when He started a good work in you, He will finish it, it is true, it was trustworthy. And it's for his people, his chosen people, to advance his church. And it's imperative that we do not let the petty things of this world, the petty things that happen in our lives, when people offend us, if we sin or if they sin against us, those cannot and must not be anchors to hold us back. Where we dwell on our sins of the past or other sins, get over it. None of us are perfect, none of us will ever be perfect, and we will never be treated perfectly by other people. Don't let it overwhelm you like an anchor, like a weight. You know, let it be like when you have a hot air balloon, you know, they carry sandbags. And when they want to go higher, they release these sandbags and drop them down and they go higher and higher and higher. That's what we have to do with the sins in our past or the, when we feel offended from others and it takes up so much of our time. Let it go. And you go higher and higher for Christ. The more you hang on and cling on to those things... It's a waste of effort. And it gets us nowhere. And in time it turns many people into bitter, bitter people. Look what you really are. You are a new creation. You know, and this is a declaration from God. It's not a declaration from me telling you that. This is right from God. says, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And that's what this sermon is about, a reminder of who we are in Christ and what Christ has done to us. And I'm taking an example from Peter, 2 Peter 1.13. I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by a way of reminder. We need to be reminded. There's so many things that come around us in our own lives that we can get distracted or overwhelmed by. We have to remember the big picture. A way of reminder. I know by us, I ride with the girls when I'm with them. I always tell them, oh yeah, whenever you drive right here, remember, this is where the deer cross. Now, Dad, you told us that a hundred times. How many times are you going to tell us? Well, this is probably every time we drive by here. A reminder because we care. Peter cared about his saints. He wanted to remind them of who we are as believers. So let's look at the God who made this statement that you're a new creation. Let's look at the book of John. It says it right away, first verse. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Clear picture of this, God, in the beginning of the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Very, very familiar verses. Even in Genesis, it says, in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I think these are tied in when you're a new creation. It's because you're created by the word of God. God made this creation that we live in. Our earth here, it has a beginning. It will have an end as we know it. I think it'll be transformed and changed, but I don't think it'll be destroyed. But what it's telling us here is that the one who made this promise is eternal. No beginning will not have an end. Something that we may not be able to relate to fully. But it is true, it is trustworthy. You know, when you look at in the beginning was the word In the Greek, it's in the imperfect tense. Which means it's an action, which it means that in the beginning is the word, which means that before it was the word. In the present, it was the word, and in the future, it will be the word. It's talking about eternal. There will always be the word. The eternal God. And who is this word referring to? Well, John makes it very clear. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. The word was Jesus. So why didn't John... Say, oh, it's Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Well, these titles are for when our Lord was incarnated, His birth. They were appropriate names. But before He came and walked among us, God is referring to Jesus as the Word. The second person of the Trinity. He wanted to make sure that we knew that he was divine. It wasn't just when he walked among us. Before creation, it was the Word. Before there was a Bethlehem, there was the Word. The Word existed. And the word, the speech, the word is like the mouthpiece of God. The revealer of God to us. Letting us know God's character, his attributes. That's what John was expressing by calling Jesus the word, the mouthpiece of God. God. Jesus was a revealer of God to us, to mankind. And that's why Jesus said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That perfect unity. That tells us he always existed and the word was with God. John wanted to make it clear that the God who created us and the God who made a new creation out of us is eternal, always existed, always was with God. Also, the Word was God, that He is God. Triune God. Something we really can't comprehend with our puny human minds. it's a pillar of our faith. And it's a blessing. Why would we serve a God who we could completely understand? We're given just enough information, all we need for salvation, all we need to know about God. But we will never completely comprehend Him on this side of eternity. But this child, this word, will take on the title of Messiah, Jesus, Son of God, after his Bethlehem birth, his incarnation. In verse 2 it says, He was in the beginning with God. Again, we see the unity. But also we see the duty of the Word. All things are made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. You know, before there was this child in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger, the word, Jesus Christ, was busy making the world, the manger, his clothes, the town of Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph, and everybody else in the world. Yeah, the Trinity was involved in creation. It so says the Spirit was hovering over the water. And the Word was creator, all in plan, in step, with God the Father. We are told, let us, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Again, the Word was busy in creating man, creating the world. That's made clear in Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created. Through him and for him. So he says, You are a people for his own possession. You were created for him. Before this baby that we celebrated recently was born, the Word was doing the divine task. To prepare the earth for his earthly birth. You know, he didn't use all his powers for while well, he was incarnate here on earth, but he always held the universe in place. He always used his powers to keep things together. In Colossians 1. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. You know, the scientists still can't figure out why the molecules we have just don't fly all over the place. Here's the answer Jesus Christ holds all things together. He is, and all has been the glue that holds all created things together. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Isn't that amazing? Our creator God, the one who created us physically, created us, you and I, at this time, to live in this place in history is also the one who gives us new birth. You are a new creation. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the giver of spiritual life. He is the one who makes you the people belonging to God, a royal priesthood. In Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. You are part of God's plan, chosen Him before the foundation of the world. No accidents while you're here, no mistakes. Again, you're sitting here because God created you and wanted you here. And he called you out of darkness. You're part of his plan. You're part of his church at this point in history. And it's an absolute truth. And I can say that with certainty because we serve a God of truth. And when we look at the big picture of our lives, that is the most reassuring thing when we believe that our God is a God of truth and he will keep his promises. He that, comp- that started a good work in you will complete it. He dwelt among us. It tells us, and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Divine truth. Covenantal truth. That's what Jesus gave us. That's why he dwelt among us. That's why we see the world falling apart around us because they aren't following divine truth. They're, defi- they're following man's truth, man's opinions and man's ways which come to an end. From the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus came, and what did Jesus say when Pilate had him there? He tells Pilate why he came. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Our God is not a God of confusion confusion. He's not this clouded mystery that we cannot understand. He's a God of truth, he's a God of order, and when them truths are followed, mankind will thrive and surpass even what they feel they can do. We must continually rejoice that our God is a God of truth. He's a, his, one of his truths is he is the one who brought you to him. He is the one that tells us that nothing will separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus once we have come to him. His word is truth concerning himself. And that is what we as men must believe because when we believe in those truth that God gives us, it releases the valves of his grace where men are saved. In John eight thirty two it says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In John 14:6, Jesus said to him, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." In John 15:26, "But when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me." And in John 17:19, "And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth." You and I, we are all sanctified in truth. That's why we can understand the scriptures. That's why we're here. That's why we can believe that we can be sanctified. Because it's his truth. His truth brought you to faith. And when he says he will complete that faith, and sanctify you, that is exactly what he means, and that is exactly what he will do. Truth, truth, this is the man, the God, lying in a manger. It's the gift of truth. Supernatural truth. Sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. That's where we find the truth. From John seventeen, seventeen. Takes us right back to His Word. Believe in His Word, trust in His Word. Trust when He says, and He who was seated at the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You know, at one time, we were the ones who were thirsting for the water. The water that he says he gives without payment. But he gave it to us, resulting in a new birth. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciled. The word to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. More attributes to us because of Christ. Now we are to become the righteousness of God. So I say as we go into this new year, remember who you are. Remember what God has done for you and to you. And when you focus on God and what he wants you to become far beyond yourselves, different from the year ago and the year before that maturing in Christ focus on those big things let the petty things of life fall to the side the, curl, the, the concerns of the world Yeah, they're real. But our God has overcome the world. He's sitting on his throne. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Why did God do this? Why did he save you? Why did he elect you? Why did he make you a royal priesthood? a people belonging to God, his own possession. Ephesians 2, 8, it tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. His workmanship created to do His bidding here on earth, His ambassadors, good works, which God had prepared beforehand. No accidents. God has a reason why He wants you to live a sanctified life. Why He wants you to embrace Christianity and advance your knowledge of the scriptures so that will advance his church in spite of the world we live in. You are a new creation, a royal priesthood, a people for his own possession, And through that sanctification you are becoming the righteousness of God to a nation. You're a blessing to a nation. You should be a blessing to your family, to your town, to your community. It's because we walk in the truth when we walk alongside of Christ. He gives us His righteousness. You should wear that in the new year. The old things must continue to pass away. All things new. Let us pray. My Lord and our God, as we enter into this new year, I just pray that you remind us through your Holy Spirit who we are your ambassadors, a royal priesthood, set here to do works that you prepared in advance for us to do. Give us the tools and the wisdom to do those works, Lord. Help us to put in the effort that we can and then let your Holy Spirit indwell in us and carry us far beyond what we're capable of doing. I pray that you advance this church, in this town, in this community, in Jesus' name. Amen.